It's Mock Draft Monday, the first one of the season. As these NFL mocks for the 2022 draft start to roll out, we have to get into who the Chargers are most likely to pick, including could they decide to take Jordan Davis with the 17th overall pick? You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always, my co-host, David Drogmeyer. We've been covering the Chargers for more than six seasons, and this is our fifth going into as the host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? What another wild weekend of football, but we are back here with more Chargers talk. Thank you guys for making us your first listen. And as always, make sure you don't miss the show. Go subscribe to our new Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and follow the show for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcast from. But David, it's the first mock draft Monday of the season. And as we start going through the prospects, we'll continue to do these and we'll get into some that we are picking out as well. But today we're just going to talk about some guys that we like or dislike that many other experts have been picking for the Chargers at 17. We don't know the exact draft position for all the teams yet in the NFL, but there's plenty of mock drafts to choose from. So the Chargers did put out a mock draft roundup, basically going through all the biggest mock drafts. And we have the guys most likely selected for the Chargers in these mocks, including Jordan Davis, the giant defensive tackle from Georgia, and wants to talk about Trevor Penning, some help for the Chargers at right tackle, and then get into some edge defender help with George Karloftis at the end of the show. But David, this guy, Jordan Davis, is tempting, right? Just from a very need-based thought process, right? And just when you look at him physically, I mean, we're talking about an absolute behemoth of a man. And just looking at the role he would play for the Chargers, right? He slides into where Limbaugh Joseph has been playing. He's just a monstrous presence in the middle of the field. But the Chargers need help at defensive tackle. So just looking at the position, if they ended up going with defensive tackle, which Multiple different experts had them taking me. Trevor Sikama from Pro Football Focus, Mike Renner of Pro Football Focus, Mel Kuyper Jr. ESPN, all had the Chargers taking this defensive tackle from Georgia who makes a lot of splash plays, but it starts with the need, and this would be a need-based pick for the Chargers because obviously they need presence, they need help stopping the run, and this guy would help that, and the Chargers need more of those bodies. Yeah, for sure. As far as as the fit uh, of the of the need for the Chargers, there's no question that your Chargers need to get m- more effective. They need to get younger. They need to get stronger at the point of attack on the defensive side, especially in the middle of the defensive line. Linval Joseph has played admirably the last couple of years, and they've had a couple of decent, um, you know, people come in and provide you know some okay play to you know try to keep them you know afloat. I mean, that's really what it's all. That's all it's been. They haven't really yeah. been super effective um nobody's been dominant and three of those four is we don't even know if they're coming back yet so like right now that position group it's like jerry tillery and like joe gonziano and that's it you know yeah so they need to add bodies i think this is a position group daniel that they're probably going to look to add bodies both in free agency and in the draft yeah and, and what they do in free agency is going to help us you know know what they're going to target, especially early on in the draft. And with these picks, you know, me and David are starting our draft process, and it's fun to focus in on some guys, especially in the first round. And we were talking, like, there could be 10 dudes the Chargers go with at 17, as we see it right now. And you can't really say that dude's not going to fall because we had Rashawn Slater, and we saw what happened with that last year, right? So you can't ever know what's going to happen. Derwin James, Sante Samuel Jr., all those guys. Like, you just didn't think they were going to fall to where they ended up 
following. But getting back to Jordan Davis specifically, there's a lot to like, and we'll get into kind of the takeaways or, you know, what would make us hesitant to, to make this pick for the Chargers 17. But just as far as, you know, what he does bring to the table, right? Crazy tackling radius. I mean, the dude is yeah. huge. He has the arms of a pterodactyl. Like, he can bring <laughs> down dudes. Like, he's like a vortex in the middle of a defensive line, especially yeah. in the run game. You can't block him with one single dude, right? He's super strong anchoring when they do double team him. He doesn't give up a lot of ground. And he just has that kind of freakish strength to just throw people out of the way. But what did you like about Jordan Davis? Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing that obviously reveals reveals itself, uh, you know, very quickly is the just he's just a massive presence. Like <laughs> the, yeah. the dude is just gigantic, six foot six, three hundred and forty to three hundred and sixty pounds, depending, depending on, on which ass. website yeah. that you look at. Uh, I mean, it, it, there's variations of that, but. Uh, what what is not any different is, is that this guy is impossible to block with one guy. I mean, if you block him with one guy, you're setting yourself up for failure. You have to double team this dude if you really want to have any kind of chance for success. And he does a good job of, of defeating those double team blocks, too. I mean, he shows a, a lot of effort, uh, especially in pursuit. I think he moves very, very well for a big man. Um, and he's physical and effective, very effective on those short down and distance situations. He yeah. does a phenomenal job of getting really, really low to the ground and really cutting off any avenues to move forward through the middle of the of the defensive line. Um, he's super effective in those situations. I think those are all the things that really stood out to me on just this first pass of watching Jordan Davis. He would bring an absolute presence, right? Yeah. He would bring a presence to the interior of the Chargers defensive line that maybe they haven't had since Jamal Williams, right? Just a dude that you're afraid to run at because the Chargers don't necessarily have that right now. And teams would be afraid to run at that dude because you have to double team. And even then, I mean, he's freeing up linebackers and guys to go make those tackles. And Georgia had such a great defensive front. But at the same time, David, when you talk about, yes, the Chargers need a defensive tackle, but the positional value there, unless you're getting a true three down can stop the run can rush the passer type of player sometimes yeah. it's hard to argue that should be a first round pick so as much as it would be so nice to get a you know a guy who would change kind of the you know what your defense seems like and just give you so much more toughness and size and physicality yeah. it doesn't necessarily mean it's the right pick or that there's not drawbacks to that as well right and speaking of those drawbacks i think you alluded to the the most important one is that the you know this guy is a, a true two down player he's gonna he's gonna help you on first and second down uh in those obvious rundown situations but he offers very little as a pass rusher he just doesn't have uh you know that pass rush repertoire that you're looking for i mean this is a guy that when you get him to the nfl you're gonna have to build his pass rush profile pretty much from the ground up. Yeah. Obviously the dude is extraordinarily strong, so you can build off of a bull rush. And when he does get his pads low and he keeps, you know, that leverage, like he, he can forklift people. No question about that, but that's the problem because the guy is so big. Most of the time he has uh, a lot of problems playing too high and he needs to really control his leverage in, the, in those situations. At the first round pick, 17th overall, I just don't know if he's a complete enough player to take at 17. And as me and David go through this, you know, we'll get some context as to what's going to be available in the second round, getting to see all the rest of the defensive tackles as well. If there's somebody that fits what the Chargers want to do or what they need, you know, at a better value, we still have to kind of look through that, right? Like Fedarian Mathis is a guy from Alabama. I don't really know where he's going to go, but I know I've liked it in the little I've seen you know, he'd be a guy I'd be interested in, right? So there's other options besides the Chargers going that direction at 17. As far as Jordan Davis goes, I mean, 
going to what you were saying, the snap counts he had at Georgia. I mean, it was a very, very talented defense, but like the dude played less than 60% of the snaps his senior year. He went back for his last season. In his four years, he only had seven sacks, right? Which is not the numbers you want to see if you're looking for a guy who can help you in the pass rush game as well. And we know the Chargers don't get enough pass rush on the interior. And I think that's what is, is tough about this pick as well. Is like, if you're going to spend the capital to go get that dude, like the dude better be able to fix a lot of the problems that you have on the inside. And like you would just need a really special player to fix that for the Chargers. And there's some talent out there in free agency they could look at as well. So maybe it doesn't seem like as much as a need when you get to the draft and that finally gets here. But it is attempting just because the dude is so freakish, just because yeah. you know that like he would bring a different element to the Chargers defense and he could help them right away. I just think some of the drawbacks and like having to, you know, build the pass rush up from scratch like they didn't really even trust him in a lot of pass rush situations when he was at georgia and like had other guys like Devonte wyatt on the field you know so and I it seemed like opposing scary. offenses tried to identify that too and try to exploit that whenever he was in the game they would try to switch the play to get them into a pass play because that was definitely more favorable yeah and they i mean one of the things too is it just seemed like there was too many times where he just got stuck at the line of scrimmage like yeah. it's just if there's a guy one-on-one yeah he has the ability to just push that dude back and get some pocket push and push him back into the quarterback but like that was the only move there's no moves you know there's no hand technique there he's not ripping and swiping or doing any of those things or setting up counters or anything like that it's just raw power and trying to win with raw power every time the one other thing too that bothered me a little bit is like get your hands up more you know what yeah. i mean like if you're at the line of scrimmage, especially against quick passing attacks that you're going to see all over the place in college, like you're a giant dude. Like yeah, the fact that you only had strike them, right? Yeah, you know, make well, them I feel mean, your power. No, I'm just saying, like get your hands up and knock passes down. Oh yeah, yeah. Down. Like yeah, get yeah, in yeah. passing lanes. You're such. Yeah, a you're huge already dude. six like, foot six, right? Like yeah, and I think he knocked down size. one one pass in his college career over those four seasons. Like those giant, you know, arms, hands. They could definitely knock down a lot of passes. But another giant positional need for the Chargers finding that right tackle to bookend with, you know, Rashawn Slater, the all-pro on the other side. And that could be a direction that the Chargers go in the 2022 draft, going right tackle in the first round. And the one guy that's been selected to them most in all of these mocks is Trevor Penning. So we're going to talk about the fit there from Northern Iowa after this. But first, I need to tell you guys about something I've been drooling to talk about this entire time. And, of course, I'm talking about Bilt Bars because Bilt Bars are my favorite protein bar. And right now, I'm leaning on Bilt Bars more than ever. I got a wedding coming up in less than a year that I have to get ready for. And when I need a treat, when I have to get off my diet or feel like I need a cheat, there's only one thing I go to, and it's Built Bars. I can have that cookies and cream candy bar I've wanted. I can have that peanut butter brownie candy bar I've wanted. Except for it's not a candy bar. It's a Built Bar, which is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Because there's nothing worse than getting a protein bar and having it taste chalky or having it taste waxy, waxy, right? You can have something that actually tastes good that's good for you. That's loaded with protein, loaded with fiber, super low on carbs and super low on sugars as well that just doesn't happen very often you're not getting the combo you have a true like you know we're talking about draft prospects right now like it's a can't miss prospect it's good in both areas it's not like jordan davis who can't rush the passer he can stop the run and rush the passer that's what bill bar kind of has the opportunity to do and that's kind of the way they are in the protein bar world but since you guys listen to the show we can even save you guys some money if you go to built.com you can save 15 percent off your order with the promo code black 15 you can get that mix box Try all the flavors they have available. It's promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off at Built.com. All right, David. Well, we talked about one big-time prospect, and that guy, Jordan Davis, is pretty polarizing if you're on you know, Chargers' social media, which we get to see a lot, right? And 
There's a lot of people that love him, a lot of people that don't. But one guy that isn't getting talked about as much on, you know, social media, probably not as sexy of a pick as Northern Iowa's Trevor Penning. And they're most known for, you know, uh, Noah Spencer from a couple of years ago that came out as just a giant right tackle that was just a behemoth that, you know, even though he played at a lower level, teams were willing to take a big chance on, right? Well, with Trevor Pending, I mean, he was another guy that in that mock draft roundup, a lot of people had the Chargers being interested in in the 2022 draft. Bucky Brooks picked him as their pick at 17. So did Dane Brugler from The Athletic. And this is a guy, David, that obviously he would fill the right role. I mean, you have Rashawn Slater. You got that can't miss prospect in the first round last year that slid to you. And I understand the thought process of trying to fill the right tackle position to try to get two guys, you know, you have at least four years to kind of build something together in between. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Trevor Penning, are we talking about big guys? I mean, this guy's even bigger than Jordan Davis is. He's six foot seven, so he's got him by an inch, which is uh, ridiculous to say. But I mean, th- this is a Mahler physical type player. Uh, I mean, add that type of profile when Brandon Staley says that he wants to get bigger on the offensive line. I mean, you can't get much bigger than six foot seven. So mm-hmm. that would definitely fit the bill. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I think I said Noah Spencer was a former Iowa player. Spencer Brown was a guy, another offensive lineman from Northern Iowa. I don't know where they're finding these giant, you know, offensive linemen. He's like kind of the offensive line version of what we were talking about with Jordan Davis. There's a couple of those dudes out there, including that Minnesota dude who's a 6'9", you know, 380 pounds or whatever. I'm sure we'll talk about him at some point. But he does – he has a lot to like, especially with that build that you're talking about, David. Super tall, super long. Seems like yeah. he carries the weight very well. When he's in open space, a lot of things he does that you like to see, especially from a guy who's that big and can have some problems with footwork and things like that, the further you get away from the ground. But what did you like about Penning when you were watching him? Yeah, I mean, the first thing is, I mean, the guy's big as a house, and he's just hard to get around. Uh, I mean, just first and foremost, as an offensive lineman, he played mostly on the left side at left tackle uh, over that northern Iowa. But, I mean, he has some position flexibility. I mean, if you look at pro football focus, it had him – taking snaps at right guard as well as right tackle and left tackle. So he did move around a little bit, but he played the majority of his snaps at left tackle. He only gave up two sacks and four hits in his last 651 pass blocking snaps. That's over the past two seasons in which he played 18 games. So the guy's pretty damn solid in pass protection. I mean, um, you know, he's a mauler type in the run game, though, and I think this is his biggest uh, best attribute is he is a guy who is trying to finish guys with violent intentions. Yep. That's the type of offensive lineman that just brings that nastiness that you want. That's a guy who brings that attitude to the offensive line. Also, uh, he has a very powerful anchor too. You talked about him uh, carrying his weight. Well, he's really, really strong too. And he, he definitely, it seems like he has no trouble stymieing any kind of bull rush. Yeah, I mean, he sometimes he'll get close to the quarterback, right? Maybe yeah. a little closer than you want, especially right. just because he's so tall. I mean, each step that he gives up is a lot of space, right? <laughs> but he also has no problem because of that length, getting to those speed rushers, pushing him around the arc, right? Pushing them yeah. around the quarterback because he has those long arms and he has enough strength to kind of keep people extended out there. I do think quick moves inside gave him some problems at some time. Definitely. Because like that's another thing. If you're big, long dude, like those inside moves are going to give you a lot of trouble at points. But another thing, though, that happens is, like, he did get caught up in a lot of, like, one-handed blocking situations when I was watching him a lot. You know, guy kind of tries to come back inside, and he has him kind of, like, with one arm. He's like, I'm not holding him, but it, like, looks yeah. really awkward. Like, I don't know how much that you can do against, you know, the grown-ass men of the NFL. Right. But there is a lot to like there. And, like, I mean, whether it was pass protection or run blocking, David, he was just – if you got off-balanced in front of him, he was going to put you in the dirt. And I think you love yeah. that. 
you love a dude that's gonna you know get out there and make people pay especially if they try to spin back in okay well i'm pushing you face down on the dirt and i'm gonna lay on top of you till the play is over right yeah i saw that several times man that's happened to me like as a football player like i've had an offensive lineman lay on top of me and like the like probably four seconds i was down there were like felt like an eternity <laughs> it, it is it's demoralizing to have that happen to you Definitely. but and there but there's still some drawbacks right david i mean yeah. and i i've gotten spoiled because i've watched you know, last year i watched panay sewell and rashawn yeah. slater and the year before that it's jedrick wills and tristan right. Wirfs. like so many so many good really good tackles the last couple of drafts where we're just like chargers please get one they finally got one last year but yeah. there are some drawbacks to this as well, to picking him at 17. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, the, the thing, you know, yes, he's so big, but because he's so big, I think he tends to play too high from time to time and he definitely gets in trouble. Um, and also, like you said, he does have a lot of trouble with that inside move. If they, if someone, if a pass rusher has a really strong jab inside move, they can get past him for sure. Yeah. Um, he needs to learn to let go and to avoid holding. I think there's a couple of situations to where um, if you would have pulled the Rashawn Slater uh, and just let him go, uh, they would have avoided that flag and they would have be been able to get the ball off. And last but not least for me is he's not very graceful in space. He is a big kind of clunky type of runner. I don't think he really gets to his spots uh, as effectively as you want to. But as far as the role is concerned, I, mean, I do think, um, you know, in the NFL, you probably would have to switch him over to the right side. I think he's a more effective uh, right tackle at the next level um, with some position flexibility. Yeah, I mean, for sure. There's definitely, I mean, you've seen him at least move around a little bit, so that's kind of nice, obviously. But you'd be moving, especially, obviously, in this scenario with the Chargers, he's the right tackle, right? I mean, he's yeah. the guy you're trying to put. He's not competing against Rashawn Slater for the job. I can I can feel yeah. very confident in saying that. But, yeah, I mean, the thing about him in space is, like, it's tantalizing because he covers a lot of ground. Like, the dude yeah. can move and he can get to the spots, but a lot of times he just has trouble connecting once he gets there, right? Like, yeah. he'll get to the spot. He'll overrun the spot at times, right? And guys will come in inside of him and get underneath him and make a play there. So, yeah. I do think some of that can be helped because, obviously, he's athletic enough to get there. But you have to connect when you get to the second level to really start springing those, you know, 10-yard, 12-yard runs, yeah. things like that. The Chargers have a lot of combo blocks where you're moving up to the second level to try to get that backside defender to really spring a run. So either way, I mean, at this point, David, with the limited, uh, you know, players that we've gotten to watch, like I would understand it, you know, like yeah. I don't know. It's, it, we're not putting our stamps on guys because we haven't really been able to compare them to a lot of other right. guys. But like I would understand the thought process behind it. Yeah, the dude's got some traits that you like for sure. Like yeah. I said, I mean, he's a violent physical player, both as a, a run blocker and as a pass blocker. But I, I mean, he he ha definitely has some things he needs to work on. But I feel like if this is a guy that you're going to go with that um, you would probably be wise to have a very strong right guard that's going to mm -hmm. play next to him. I think that would really help him, especially with some of those combo blocks that we're that you were talking about and just help kind of keep him. Um, on rhythm uh, and really, you know, keep him in line. I think that would really help him really get the best out of him in his first few years in the league. Yeah. And I think like we were talking about before the show, like Chargers fans getting behind a small school, you know, offensive tackle. Yeah. could be a tough sell. But I think another thing that a lot of fans know the Chargers need is to get more help on the edge. And a couple of experts have, you know, a guy who's maybe projected in the top 10, a lot of places at edge defender, George Karloftis, falling to the Chargers. So we'll talk about the pros and cons of that situation and the positional need there for the Chargers. But I also need to tell Chargers fans about an incredible app that everyone who buys gas needs to know about, GetUpside. 
My listeners are earning cash back on every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play Store right now. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN for $0.25 or more back on your first fill up, guys. I mean, I shouldn't have to tell you that the gas prices are ridiculous, right? I live in California. I love get upside because I mean, I've saved three cents. I've saved 25 cents. I mean, usually it's on the plus side of that, but you feel good every time you save money at the gas pump. And there's no downside with get upside. You can get the money directly into your bank account. You can get it through PayPal. You can get it through Amazon gift cards and other big brand gift cards as well. And you're doing something you were already doing anyways and going to the get gas at the gas pump. And don't forget to use the promo code to touchdown. You guys can get 25 cents or more back on your first Phillips since you listen to the show. Start saving money at the gas pump now, guys. Make sure you remember that promo code to touchdown. Save 25 cents or more on that first fill-up. All right, David, we have one more guy to get to here, and it's George Karloftis, a guy that didn't get the kind of hype in the regular season out of Kayvon Thibodeau, right, or an Aiden Hutchinson got with those big-time programs. He's playing at Purdue, the spoiler makers, right, and in the Big Ten, he uh, <laughs> was a little bit, you know, overshadowed by some of the other dudes that – had some really good seasons there. But this is another position where it's a realistic position for the Chargers to address. Because right now you have Uchenna and Wosu going into free agencies, an unrestricted free agent. We don't know what's going to happen with that contract or even what the market value of that contract is going to be at this point. So yeah. we know the Chargers need help there. I mean, yeah, you could go after a Von Miller who, I mean, is headed back to the Super Bowl, right? So that seems less and less likely by the day. But you can add something in free agency that's not Uchenna and Wosu. But it's a big need. The, the Chargers need an edge rusher. It's hard to find impact players on the edge. So just from a positional standpoint, I would understand if they decide to go edge in the first round. I wouldn't be against it. Yeah, I mean, I'm always for adding more pass rushers, especially with the Chargers who have really suffered or have not been very good at getting after the passer if your name isn't Joey Bosa. It just there hasn't been any kind of significant um, pressure from anyone else. Uchenna, he's turned it on later on in the year and he, he got a little bit better. Jerry Tillery flashes from time to time. But as an overall group, they're just not getting after the passer at a high enough rate. So they yeah. need to add more bodies, more guys that can get after the passer. And George, George Karloftis can definitely get after the quarterback. Yeah, I think, you know, when people watch George Karloftis, I think it's like your pass rusher's favorite pass rusher yeah. kind of thing, just because the dude throws so much at you. I mean, he'll throw the entire kitchen sink at you, yes, and sir. the work never stops. You know, it's one move to another move, stringing them together. He never quits. You know, he has definitely some hustle sacks on his resume, but I, I, there's a lot definitely to like about this guy. I mean, I do think he is, you know, overshadowed by those two guys, and there's a great chance he doesn't get to the Chargers. But when Rashawn Slater falls to the 13th pick, when Derwin James falls to the 17th pick, you don't get to, you know, <laughs> rule out guys at the 17th overall pick anymore because we know the Chargers have gotten great players there before and had other people slide to them. And this is a draft class, David, where there's a lot of, you know, parity. Like, there's no, yeah. there's not a clear-cut drop-off or a point where it drops off. Like, some talented guys are going to slide, but it's like there's not a very solid top 10 dudes where you're like, those are the best 10 people that are going into the NFL. So there's a lot of different ways they could go. And going with this dude, I would like it just because, of, I mean, I, it's hard to say I would be all for it right yeah. now. But, like, if they decided to go this way, I would understand it because the dude brings a lot of good to the table. 
Yeah, he does. I mean, 26 games, you know, 14 sacks, only two games played his sophomore year, but 29 tackles for loss, too. So not only was he getting after the quarterback, but he was also getting the ball carriers in the backfield, too. An excellent motor. I mean, this guy, you know, has one of those, you know, nonstop motors that you love. He has really active and effective hand usage. I mean, that's one of his best weapons. I think the hand swipe is, is you know, used yeah. to great effectiveness, uses a great rip move. He's Kinda even like added a spin the move. Swipe. Yeah, yeah, the double swipe. Yep, for sure. Um, quick inside attack move, I think, is one of his most effective pass rushing moves. He really used that to great effectiveness. And and he has uh, he added a lot of good power and ability. I think early on, I was watching some early games, he was definitely a little bit more slight on the frame, I think, as we approached this season and into this season, he added some really good weight to his frame and actually looked like he can hold up on the edge. I mean, the first couple of years in college, he had some trouble with that, but he added a lot of that weight that he really needed to really be a force against the run and be, really be able to set that edge properly. So a lot of good things to like about Carl Loftus. Yeah, I mean, you and you love players who play hard, right? And that's yeah. what this dude does. Like, he never quits on any rep. And, like, he has the technique as well to throw a lot at you. But, yeah, I mean, the inside move, he likes to get up. It's good for him because he gets up fuel quick. He has yeah. a really good first step. He can get you off balance and get you going, 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 and then turn it back inside on you really quick. Yeah. One thing that can do, you know, is make you struggle with containment and you can lose contain. And we've seen that with George Karloftis a little bit. Yeah. Something he'll have to work on because he gets up few because he's, you know, pinning his ear backs. He's getting off so quick that yeah. you can run underneath him at times. Right. And one of the things, too, is just how much, you know, how, how many counters that he has, the, the how disruptive he can be in the running game is another thing because like. In the running game, it's hit or miss because yeah. he can be disruptive, which is great. You know, having yeah. guys and he's turned, you know, a lot of running backs into the hands of waiting defensive tackles and so on and so forth. Just by being able to get that penetration and be able to be slippery, yeah. get through creases, get into the backfield. But at the same time, he doesn't have super long arms. So there's right. a lot of close plays. There's a lot of almost sacks. Right. And there's a lot of stuff like that where guys, unless he's kind of, you know, right on it. He's not going to make the tackle a lot of times, and it does hurt him when guys do get their hands on him. It's very hard for him to stack blockers and shed them, right? And like a traditional yeah. defensive end would do. I th this is a tough one for me because I would kind of like a super you know traitsy player opposite of Joey Bosa because you look at like the sure. Bob Millers, the Leonard Floyd's. Like, there's a certain type of build that Brandon Staley likes to deploy. This guy seems more like a four-three defensive end, kind of what you'd see in Gus Bradley's system. But the Chargers play with four down linemen a lot. It's almost always yeah. nickel with them. But there are some things, David, where it's like, I would like the pick. Like, I would understand the pick. I like yeah. the player for sure. Yeah. He might not even get there because some teams are so happy. And it's not like he's a dude that's putting up a ton of sack numbers. So, you know, there's no. a lot to like there. But there's also some drawbacks, too. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, he is a pretty good pass rusher, but he's not exceptionally bendy. I don't think he has. He's not no, super not fluid. Game. Yeah, he's, he's not really that type of player, but he has every other kind of pass rush move, and he, he does uh you know use those to pretty good effectiveness. Um, yeah, he uses he has, his hands too, right? Like a lot yeah. of it's just coming off of like he's going to pop you. Like yeah, that, for sure. That's one thing we didn't talk about the pros, which he deserves because he, he – Well, yeah, I saw he had, he had active hands for sure. I mean, active that, hands, but like yeah. – 
powerful hands. Like yeah, he explosive. gets people off balance and then he throws them, you know what I mean? That's just kind of how it is. And that's why he has so he's so effective at times. Yeah, definitely. There's no question. But I mean, uh, although he's improved shedding blocks, I mean, that was one thing also early on. He really struggled, really, yeah. really struggled um, shedding blocks. And he's gotten better, but I think he still has some room. room he's to 20 improve. years old, too. That's yeah, exactly. After, which is crazy, which is crazy. Right. Right. So he's gotten better. And I think that's one another thing to like is that he's improved year and year year in and year out in college. So he obviously knows how to learn. He knows how to get better. Um, Also, I think the last thing is he just needs to learn how to tackle a little bit better in space. I think that's something, you know, you know, with that, you know, kind of limited range, short radius, like limited yeah. length. Yeah, that short radius you were talking about. That's one thing he has to improve on. But um, I think this guy has a lot of things to like. Um, and, you know, you just love the type of player who really gives it his all snap in and snap out. And that's definitely something you're going to get from Carl Loftus. So um, yeah. a good pick. I don't know if I'm completely sold on him, sure. um, you know, just because, you know, I want more of a complete player. But I mean, as you said, as a pass rusher, those guys tend to go very, very quickly. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see where these guys go because, like, David Ajambo is a guy that, you know, other people have mocked to the charge as well. More of a toolsy, you know, athletically gifted type of player. But, but with George Karloftis, I mean, there's a lot to like. It's hard not to root for the dude just because you can see how hard he's trying. You can see the technique is there. But yeah. the thing that doesn't help him with the short arms is, like, he's not – super quick to redirect like he doesn't he doesn't it it takes him a second to go left you know what i mean left or right like if he doesn't have the perfect angle on guys at time it's hard for him to kind of change that angle and make the tackle anyway he's not the twitchiest athlete and i think that's definitely something that shows up when you watch yeah well i mean the thing is it's tough with him though is like he does have some twitchy moments especially the hands and he's a good get off yeah Yeah, i mean that's sure for sure but like it's just the the redirection because like quick get off doesn't necessarily mean you're good in the three cone because it's not just getting to that first cone it's coming back and going back you know it's the start and stop i think that is tough and it's like even sometimes he's had a straight beeline for a quarterback a subtle move has made him miss a time from not as athletic of quarterbacks, but love the disruption, love the power that he comes with and just that he's willing to kind of just keep throwing moves at somebody until something ends up working. Like there's no quit great motor. And those are the kind of players like Joey Bosa coming out was more physically gifted. Right. But that was one of the things we loved about him was just that motor, that, that unwillingness to quit. Like, yeah, you get him and Joey Bosa on the same line. Those are two dudes that are just going to be, you know, terrorizing offensive tackles for an entire game and like really making them, you know, work for their money that day. Like, and that, and that's why just edge in general, David is so attractive. So like, we'll, yeah. we'll be getting into other guys and stuff for sure. You know, that we'll compare it to. And, you know, we'll talk about what the depth is going to be right in the second round. Is it better to wait on edge and things like that? But it's interesting. It was a good group of players to watch, right? I think it was a good way to jump into this. Yeah, it was great to put your feet in the water and kind of test things out, get back into the watching tape yeah. mode. And I mean, I think, uh, you know, we've gotten better and better of putting out draft content. And I think this year is going to be our best year yet. So, I mean, definitely continue to check in with us because we're going to go be going through a draft pro- prospects all the way up until the draft. Yeah, and I mean, today we didn't talk about, you know, the Sauce Gardeners or the Andrew Booths of the world. And we didn't get to the receivers, the Garrett Wilsons, the Chris Alaves the Traylon Burks, right? So there's a lot of other guys that could end up being selected here, and we'll keep getting into more guys that the Chargers should take with that 17th pick because that's going to be a huge pick. If you're talking about draft picks, that's the guy that you have that's most likely going to come in and contribute 
right away. But that's going to do it for today's show. There were some playoff takeaways I had again after this weekend. Maybe defense is a little bit more important than we thought it was. Ask the Cincinnati Bengals. Are we happy that the Rams are going to make it? There's a couple things I definitely want to talk about, and there's some more Chargers stuff we have to get into this week. But that is going to do it for today's show. As always, make sure to subscribe to the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel. If you watched on here now, go to the bottom, hit the subscribe button so you never miss a show, and also follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from. And just in case you can't find it any of those places, guys, we post the show to all of our social media every day. So you can go on our Twitter at LockdownLAC or the LockdownChargers Instagram page or the LockdownChargers Facebook page, and we're blowing it out everywhere you can find social media. We don't have TikTok yet, Dave. Maybe that's the next step. But you can also get your thoughts and questions in short questions, hopefully, on the Lockdown Chargers voicemail line. The number there is 323-524-7924. And if you want to interact with us, as always, you can find me on Twitter at on Twitter at Dan Talk Sports and David Drogmeyer on Twitter at DroTalkSD. But we'll be back with you guys tomorrow. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.